Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 49 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my very special guest today is Amy Kerr. And we talked about relationships and Amy brings such a beautiful perspective to this topic, approaching it from the perspective of being a conscious coach that helps her clients and toxic relationships and really rediscover the self-love and alignment with themselves. Amy and I talked about navigating insecurities and how she was able to transform through very painful circumstances, transform her life, see and find the gifts in those difficult grieving moments to really find the level of security in herself that she never knew before. We talked about childhood and how that impacts relationships, especially the voids that we experienced as little ones and the things that we seek in relationships And she shared a very special exercise that everybody can do to get started, which like she says, has a very impactful and transformational benefit if you commit to practicing it. So let me introduce you to Amy. Amy is a conscious love coach from Australia who helps women awaken to their self-worth and end toxic relationship cycles. Her clients transform from being insecure, anxious, and feeling unworthy to being grounded in their identity, knowing exactly what they want, and more importantly, how to set boundaries to attract healthy love. Amy has 15 years of experience in the coaching and mindfulness space, but more importantly, has walked the painful yet transformational journey from an insecure attachment style to being healthy, secure, and grounded in her life and relationships. She's also offering a a free training called The Three Steps to a Secure Relationship at amykerrcoaching.com slash webinar, and we will put the link in the bio. So without further ado, here is Amy. Hello, Amy, and welcome. Just so pleased to have you here today. Thank you for having me here, Juliana. I'm really excited to chat with you. Yes, me too. And to get us started, tell me, In your own words, what does confidence mean to you? Confidence really, really is an internal process for me. Um, You know, it it really comes down to alignment between what you know in your heart uh, is, is what resonates truly for you. And it is in alignment with what, what thoughts and behaviors and actions you're doing as well. So confidence comes from that internal alignment and then it flows outwards from there. So you can see someone who has that inner confidence because everything they do comes from that internal alignment. 
Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. I yeah. love this question so much because you get such perspective, right? So that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And I also love your line of work and the whole aspect of consciousness as it comes to love and relationship. So tell me a little mm. bit about your story and how it relates mm. to you know, finding security in your personal life. And I know that's an evolution. It's a journey. So give us a little glimpse mm. of your story getting there. Yeah. I mean, as, as with all transformational stories, it really comes from experiencing great pain and hardship. Yeah. Um, and the reason, um, the reason I feel that a lot of us struggle so much, particularly in relationships, which is the area that I've chosen to work in, is because it seems like most of our subconscious comes up when we try and connect to a partner intimately. You know, yeah. it really brings us back to our childhood. So, you know, I had a beautiful, beautiful childhood. Um, and, you know, by, by any stretch of the imagination, you could never say that I had childhood trauma. But in retrospect now, seeing how I've developed or not developed in certain areas um, in terms of my identity and personality when I was a teenager and in my 20s, um, I was really kind of chasing relationship after relationship from the time I hit puberty. Um, and it was interesting to me to start to unpack and open up the world of attachment theory, which we'll talk about later, um, because it, it really signals back to your childhood to say, well, there were some needs that went unmet. So it caused me to then retrospectively look at my childhood with a magnifying glass and, and actually find out that, you know, there was some codependency uh, between, you know, my, my mother and I and some enmeshment in identity there that continued through my teens and early 20s. Um, and I didn't know any different because I thought everyone else had relationships like that with their mothers too. Um, and I suppose that's the that's the frame that a lot of people come come to understand, just thinking that it's normal. But it produces these insecure uh, feelings and emotions that you don't know are a problem um, until they kind of come out when you then try and connect with an intimate partner. So I, as I mentioned, I found myself so focused on, you know, boys as it was for me uh, throughout my teenage years and in my 20s. Um, and I came to find my identity within a very small framework that I was there to help my partner. I was there to fix them. <laughs> they were a right. project. Um, and, uh, and I really didn't develop my own internal self-esteem around that. I had a few other activities that I did that gave me that, but that was my number one focus. And so then unfortunately what happened was uh, because I never found satisfaction in that, you know, it wasn't a healthy internal um, process that was going on. It was constantly external, constantly looking um, to the outside of me for my own validation, yeah. uh, which is kind of the def definition of codependency. Um, you know, it just kind of got worse and worse. So I actually subconsciously kept choosing more partners that uh, partners that had more problems, and it escalated and escalated uh, until I found myself in my early thirties um, moving countries to be with someone who I knew was an alcoholic, but I, I thought on some level I could fix them. You know, we had such a beautiful connection, and of course that just completely completely collapsed. I had no idea what it meant to, you know, to, to do that. Um, and we didn't have like the intimate connection that, you know, if you were with a healthy partner and they did revert to alcoholism, there was no kind of foundation for us um, to, to, to move forward from. 
Um, and then I had a few more relationships. And then um, the point at which it all stopped for me, Juliana, was was the point of the most amount of pain in my life uh, when a partner that I'd been in a relationship with for a few years who I didn't know um, was, you know, really not in alignment with, with the situation. And he, uh, he had been, I found out retrospectively, not faithful to me. Um, and, and after I had therapy to get out of the relationship, four weeks later, he chose to take his own life. And oh. that grief, um, that grief was intense we'd had a two and a half three year relationship but there was so much there was this gift inside this deep grief for me and the gift was my realization that I had so completely abandoned myself in so many years of trying to chase self-worth self-confidence outside of myself I'd found myself in this hole where I didn't trust myself anymore I didn't trust myself to to look after myself to to choose who was right for me or not um I had totally abandoned myself because I wasn't taught how to how to be um how to parent myself as an adult I hadn't learned these skills um and so that led me to do a lot of uh research and do a lot of um therapy obviously and uh connecting in with myself a lot of retreats around the world um, and I can honestly say now, without a shred of a doubt, that that was the, the greatest gift I've ever received in my life. As sad as it was that it happened that way, that I now have found myself through that intense grieving. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And you said so many important things and I wanted to highlight a couple of them. And one of them is that concept that when we go through something that painful and what he went through was incredibly painful. And for so many people that could either be an anchor, right. That holds them down for many years to come. Mm-hmm. Or if you're able to navigate through them, like you did, you can see the gift, the perfection of all situations. And then now mm-hmm. taking the gift and now you're expanding that and sharing that with the world in the form of your work, which I think is so beautiful. Right. So I really commend you for yeah. that because that is, a very, very difficult, painful journey, but also think the rewards on the other side of of equal magnitude. So that was so beautiful. Hey there, are you a woman over 40 who wants to release excess weight, but keep self-sabotaging your progress? If you were tired of all the, all you need is more willpower advice, then I created just a free training for you. Set aside 60 minutes today and I promise you, it will be worth your time. I will go over the three main mindset shifts you need to make if you want to release weight for good, which does not rely on willpower. I will review to you why the strategies that worked in your 20s and 30s don't seem to work anymore and I will also show you which hormones play a big role in weight release once we turn 40 and beyond. This is a value-packed masterclass, and it is for you if you want to discover my step-by-step system to help you regain your energy, get rid of cravings, and get back into alignment with your body. And of course, drop some pounds too. All you have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training to watch this on-demand masterclass or just send me a dm on instagram for the link 
at naturallyjoyous. So again, it is naturallyjoyous.ca/slash/free-training. And you mentioned something too that was interesting that I wanted to sort of go a bit deeper into that because you had, let's just say, a, a very peaceful childhood, right? That you felt that some components were missing in there. And you mentioned like you didn't. So what were those components that you would say that because you had such a good childhood that you felt uh, you didn't, you weren't as equipped later on as seeking those relationships? Yeah, really, um, in retrospect, knowing what I do know about attachment theory, uh, when you're, you're, when you're a young child, you are, or I, I was needing to have my parents really hold a space for my strong emotions and let me and my body know that when I have a strong emotion, it's okay to feel it, that it will pass and there's no need to push it down or to avoid it. Um, And my parents are beautiful people, but they haven't got a level of emotional maturity to do that with their children all the time. And it doesn't take 100% of the time for a parent to do that. It just, um, children need to, we're pattern creating machines, right? So children need to know that enough of the time that their parents going to hold a space for their strong emotion, they're going to learn how to self-soothe. The limbic system is going to be taught that because the parent is also doing that for the child. So, um, so 50 or more percent of the time we need our parent to do that. A lot of the times that doesn't happen. So as an adult, then when we have a very strong emotion, we don't know that we don't know how to self-soothe. We, um, we buy into our emotions and they become very strong parts of who we are and we create our identity around that, uh, which is what I did as well. So, uh, so that, that was what my parents, um, you know, they themselves hadn't learned how to do that because their parents themselves hadn't taught them. And so I now like look at it as a generational skill that hasn't been learnt. Um, And there is a statistic now that, um, you know, 50% of our population has some sort of insecure attachment style. And we can talk about the attachment science in more Mm -hmm. depth if you want, but 50% 50% of women, if we look at that and your audience is, is female identifying, 50% of us didn't learn the basic skills to self-soothe when we have a strong emotion, to, to create our identity that's outside of our emotions that come and go. So we kind of become people that are very um, addicted or really focused in on these um, very small minutiae type emotions that come and go so that's why we get into a relationship without really thinking about it too much we kind of fall into it because we're not being conscious about it which is my area of work but then at the first sign of there being a problem we don't know how to hold uncomfortable emotions in our body and so we project it onto the other person and instantly they become a narcissist or you know a toxic person and then we leave um so now it's become this um almost like a pandemic it's terrible to use that because we're actually experiencing a real pandemic but in terms of it emotionally uh, we haven't learned this skill and it's being passed on generationally Um, and uh, it's it's really I believe um, disempowering uh, the 50% of the population that hasn't learned how to become more secure in their body regardless of what's going on in their lives. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. And I think that relates a lot to to a lot of the issues I see in the weight loss space that a lot of times mm-hmm. it's, you know, foods, sweets, salty, crunchy foods, mm-hmm. alcohol, that type of th- mm-hmm. thing that people often use to self-regulate 
their emotional volatility, right? And I approach it from, you know, a, a mindset perspective to sort of get the neutrality in their emotions as step one and even overcoming a, a craving of some kind. So it's kind of like a different parallel, but it's the same concept of uh, so many of us are not comfortable with those, you know, strong emotions or even the, the feeling of being uncomfortable, right? And, you know, there's mm-hmm. almost that fantasy that everything should feel easy and, you know, pleasurable, but life has both sides. And I think it's like a magnet, both sides are needed for balance, right? So mm-hmm. let's go a little bit more into the whole attachment uh, theory and, you know, educate mm-hmm. us on what that means and how it applies. Yeah. So attachment theory, and I'm by no means an expert on this. I'm a coach that has done a lot of reading and researching, mm-hmm. um, but attachment theory has always previously been applied to children. Why does a two-year-old, um, you know, react a certain way when their mother isn't in the room? Um, what subconscious processes are at work in children that um, mean that they behave a certain way in some circumstances and don't in others? Um, but then some researchers started to look at the links between the research they'd done in toddlers with how adults were um, operating in their intimate relationships. So there's this kind of thread between the child and the, the father and the mother. There's, it's almost like we have an imprint onto then our intimate relationship. We're, we're trying to get our same needs met as an adult with mm. our partner that we were trying to get when we were a child. And so if you've got any listeners that kind of notice that they seem to revert back to very childish behavior or gosh, that's not me, but you kind of go back into this childhood, like memory or fear or, or start, you know, acting like a child, that's because there is this um, attachment uh, or attachment mechanism inside of us that learned early on what love is. And I'm, I'm doing bunny ears right now, like inverted <laughs> commas, love when we're a child is not the same as love when we're an adult. Um, there's a mature love uh, and then there is a childish love, but we bring the childish love into our adult relationships and uh, unnecessarily project those unmet childhood, childhood needs onto our adult partners and that can cause a host of problems. So, I mean, this is a, this is a real rabbit warren, this whole area. And I, there are some very good uh, psychologists and uh, psychiatrists who practice and teach this. Um, but as a coach, I really do strongly recommend people to look at attachment theory as you've either got a secure enough attachment or you've got an insecure attachment it is a spectrum there are a lot of labels around the insecure attachment there's avoidant anxious fearful avoidant dismissive avoidant there's all sorts of labels but just if you recognize any kind of insecurity in your adult relationships there may be cause just to look at um you know what it is in your childhood that uh you found you your needs weren't being met and then in your adult life, how can you now meet those needs? Because we we don't have the same um, brain when we're a child. We're now fortunate yeah. that we're mature, we're adults. We can give ourselves now what we didn't get when we were a child. And we don't need to ask that from our partner. Um, we really don't. We're not going to be saved by Prince Charming. That, that yeah. the whole <laughs> Disney narrative, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. our cultural narrative, romantic comedies, they're all built around this mechanism that we're going to be saved. Um, but it can, uh, it, it's, it's not a mature um, uh, perspective. And attachment theory provides a, an answer as to why, why we are naturally drawn to that kind of narrative in our relationships. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I love that aspect as well that he just said at the end. And I, I know that some of our listeners and, you know, I would imagine no matter where we are in the world, right, that especially when we hit 40 and beyond that there's a few things that I see happen with some women. Some of them are, you know, in a place in their lives and careers that they're now ready to make room for love if they haven't yet, mm-hmm. you know, found the relationship or for others, you're transitioning out of a relationship and, you know, potentially for the first time learning to be okay by themselves and you know that mm. level of self-love that's not about the bubble bath and reading a book but true self-acceptance and getting to know self so let's talk a little bit about that for the listeners listening mm. that are looking to develop more of a self-care not so much practice but i would say um you know, go into that mindset and really start loving self regardless of a relationship Mm. or, or lack of one. Yeah. You really hit the nail on the head there, Juliana, there, the self-care self-love industries is still very externalized. Give yourself a bubble bath, let yourself eat (laughs) the chocolate cake. And, you know, there's a time and place for that, but, but real transformation, as you said, comes from the inside, comes from this mindset shift. um, And it, it is actually an energetic shift as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So firstly, I think recognizing that external practices as helpful as they are um, they can sometimes be the band-aid that uh, can come off again and that's why you might find yourself uh, cycling through you know periods where you aren't actually making a significant shift internally Um, but internal true self-love comes from the intimacy within which you know yourself the real truth of what you know about yourself because we spend all of our lives getting to know each other getting to know ourselves through the mirror of someone else so through a relationship with someone that's how we get to know who we are and if we've been married for 20 or 30 years to someone who's been abusive or a narcissist or that kind of thing we're going to have a pretty dirty mirror right (laughs) and if you get if if you have anyone listening coming out of a relationship like that it's really important to know that that person is not a reflection of who you are you've just had a you've just had a pretty like a pretty close mirror to yourself for the last 20 or 30 years so it's now time to to you know step away from that mirror and look inside and and no matter if you're in a relationship or not it's really important to do this to spend some time diving inwards and a lot of my clients and and people listening will struggle to to even kind of scratch the surface because there's been a a a history of you know self-abandonment is a strong word but just a history of not actually giving yourself space to look inside um you know like we'll talk about techniques in in a minute but you know there's a very powerful practice called mirror work where if you just simply look at yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and you look at the being behind the eyes that you see and just notice what emotions come up like that practice right there will give you a very clear understanding of what are the emotions that are bubbling at the top and have been ignored for 20, 30 years for the for your whole life. And it's going to be overwhelming. So you need to stay within your window of tolerance, which is the amount of emotion that you can kind of let come out. Um, you know, and and yes, we ha- we will tend to want to eat chocolate cake or push it back down again because that's what we that there are coping mechanisms. Yeah. But it's like 
it's just like learning how to ride a bike, Juliana. You you get on the bike and you fall off uh, and then you get back on it again the next day and you practice it. So um, giving yourself space um, to really uh, sit with who you are and who you are is not what's on the outside. It's what is truly on the inside. Um, And I, I'm so surprised when I start with I start this work with my clients that the smallest amount of this kind of work has profound effect on their lives and their self-esteem because they simply have never done it before mm-hmm. and there's quite a lot to come out, <laughs> yes. right? So it just kind of bubbles out and you're like, oh, I feel so much better. I'm not carrying this massive energetic weight on my shoulders. Yeah. I just thought I had to do that. I thought that was normal. I've been pushing it down and and burying my head in the sand, you know, going to the gym, eating cake, whatever, my whole <laughs> life. So it's a, it's a small, um, gentle practice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is wonderful. I, I love the analogy that you said about it's just a, a dirty mirror that we've been looking at for quite some time. And, um, dirty and mirror. even like little things like, and I look at myself and how I was raised and I was raised in a very interesting family because if I were to look back, a lot of the women in my family were for lack of a better word very powerful if that makes sense like mm-hmm. in relation to their partners like very like dominant energy on the female side mm-hmm. and anywhere from personality but you know degrees and accolades even with my grandmother which now in her 80s that she has a PhD in her field of speech pathology which for her generation you know most women didn't even have high school completed so anyways so I just kind of I think I was brought up with such intensity when it comes to you know women standing up for what we believe in and things like that but for many years for me to look in the mirror myself because I've practiced with the mirror before and to say words like really loving words especially before like my surgery when I was still struggling with a lot of uh, you know chronic pain and even like finding myself and what I love to do and and so on. It was difficult to say words like I love you and accept you and things like that to myself as I was practicing different things as well, you know, 15 years ago. And it's interesting because it seems simple, right? It's just a mirror, but uh, I know what you mean because it has been very transformational for myself. And now as I look, even in the morning, just like brushing, you know, my hair, brushing my teeth and when I really catch my own eye in the mirror and you look deep, like you said, behind, right? Like the being that's behind there almost gives me chills because it is, there's something really profound about it. Uh, So I really wanted Mm -hmm. to highlight that for those listening. If you haven't Mm -hmm. tried that before, I think that's beautiful. So thank you so much Mm -hmm. for sharing that. You're welcome. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by the Weight Release Shift a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey, which is weight release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before as well as learn what is going on with your hormones, especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman. All of that combined with tasty, healthy, super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones, eat 
for your needs and release excess weight in the process. If you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below. To learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash relief. And I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. And for somebody studying, Amy, like, especially if they're trying to learn more about, you know, conscious relationships and it may be just like for the sake of our audience, like define, how do you define a conscious relationship versus just a more conventional one? Mm. Conscious relationship is, is really something um, that's pinned down by the word conscious. So I'll just unpack why we call it a conscious relationship Mm -hmm. with that word. Uh, They say 90% of what is going on in our lives that dictates our decisions, our interactions is subconscious. Only 10% uh, we're aware of. And Mm -hmm. so when we make that choice and decision to go into a relationship with someone and sliding into a relationship, as in like you never actually made a choice, just kind of ended up that way, is also (laughs) a choice because you made the decision not to think about things, Um, you know, that that often we, we get into a relationship and we're not aware of that 90%. Now that's why it ties into attachment theory because there is a lot of um, bubbling unmet childhood needs that as an adult are operating in that 90%. And the, the whole practice of becoming conscious and conscious dating and conscious relationships is to actually just look at why do we make the choices we make or don't make them? who is our partner that we're always drawn to and why a lot of women would be really surprised if they just actually looked at their type. Cause that whole idea of, Oh, he's not my type. Mm-hmm. That's actually a very good indicator into what, um, what it is you're trying to get met subconsciously. So, um, you know, anyone who's in a relationship right now can become conscious in it. Uh, it can sometimes be uh, a little confronting. And I have clients who come into my program who they're in the program to know whether or not they should stay in the relationship. When they become conscious, then they get that sense of, yes, this person is is uh, a good person and this is right, or no, that I, I clearly need to leave. Or if you're at the stage where you're not dating yet, this is a very good time to become conscious and aware about what your previous patterns have been, the kind of person that you've always dated, um, you know, the thing that you always, you know, dreamed about, you know, your your Disney prince coming to rescue <laughs> you, all of those things get us into trouble. So, you know, there's one, there's kind of like a, a, a template, I guess, that I teach that really helps my clients to, to give themselves give themselves time to uh, uh, to walk up what I call the relationship stairs because when you go into relationship with someone it just doesn't happen overnight right we, we so often want the yeah. the marriage the commitment the unconditional love straight away um, and that's why we get attracted to people that give that on the surface but three months down the line they're not actually emotionally available it was all a bit of a it was a bit of a um, a mask that 
they put yeah. on to kind of focus in. Um, so, you know, it's a real process and you need to give yourself time and you need to be conscious at every step of the way. So let's take, for instance, a woman who is single at the moment, not sure if she wants to start dating. Um, but the first thing you would want to do is to really start um, when you meet men and when you're or, or women or whoever it is you're attracted to, start noticing how your internal world feels as opposed to when you're single. So let's say you're single and you're, um, you're happy on your own um, and you've got your life together, everything's pretty good, uh, but as soon as you meet someone, you all of a sudden fall in love with them straight away. There's something out of balance there. There's some kind of need that you're trying to met, get met by mm. meeting someone and falling in love straight away. That is, that is a big kind of internal red flag. Um, so when, when that you know, there's a whole process to kind of like looking at what, what goes on. That's all the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but know that if that's a pattern of yours, there are some subconscious processes at play that it's time to look at so that you can work towards having a healthy, secure relationship that isn't run by all these narratives around, you know, how women are, are weak and need to be saved or you know, these, these kinds of, um, I guess you would call it conventional uh, in your words, Juliana, but I would call it um, sort of not awake, right? You've just kind yeah, of got your head yeah. buried down a little bit and you're just kind of making it work. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the other thing. If that's the relationship you want, that's fine. And you might have these moments of, oh, he's just the one for me. And, and that's beautiful too. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, as you go towards this level of consciousness, it can be difficult when 18 months down the line, you discover that your partner, uh, you know, that there are some things there that are working against your relationship and you've got to address it. And sometimes that means it's time to end the relationship. Yeah, That can be really confronting too. And everyone around you is saying, Hey, I don't understand. This looks great. And you're like, no, this is not, this is not in alignment. He is not in alignment. He's, you know, there's, there's something clashing here, whatever it is, I'm conscious about it. um, And this is a no from me. That's something that's very hard. A lot of people aren't willing to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think also the reason why so many people stay in relationships for potentially much longer, right? And it's serving both sides. It's a very difficult transition as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Amy, for those, so go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, um, there's no right or wrong. There's no black or white here. A a relationship, however you want to create it, is totally up to you. So sometimes some of the things that I say can make people think, oh, my gosh, what if I'm doing it all wrong? Am I missing out? Is there a better partner? No, you you are the co-creator of your life with your partner. And if you need to choose some of those childhood safety feelings to be met, then that's your right to do so. You know, I I just wanted to make that clear that there's no conscious or unconscious it's really a spectrum and you're really in the driver's seat and the more that you are in the driver's seat the better yeah no that's wonderful thank you so much for clarifying that and it's true the whole concept of doing it right and wrong i much rather use your language of alignment right because if it feels in alignment then it is my internal barometer to know okay at least at this moment in time this is the path right because i think right and wrong is really relative right and it's very fluid as well um, so I, I love the vocabulary that I use. I mentioned this to you yeah. before and, love it. Yeah. Um, and my final question for you. So for women that are in the situation right now that they are ready to start looking at their relationship and really 
you know, getting to that place of being conscious about not just their choices in external relationships, but also within themselves, right, that we addressed today. Um, Tell us a little bit about your work, your program, and how can people find more about you? Yeah, so I work with women who are both single, uh, in relationship, married, divorced, all all stages, um, to help them become more conscious of the processes that have been at play, that have led themselves to a place where they feel constantly anxious or doubting themselves and insecure when it comes to their relationships. Often a lot of my clients recognize that a lot of areas of their life are doing so well. But when it comes to relationships, it's just... It's just a nightmare for them on some level or, or, or other. Um, and, and really my work provides them with a structure to come to understand what mechanisms are at play inside of themselves that are actually holding them back from being who they truly are, from being you know really authentic in themselves and grounded in their identity. Um, because when we hold on to these false beliefs and false needs from childhood, it acts like a like like a cotton, like cage, cotton jail for us to be in. We can't mm-hmm. truly see outside. We can't truly connect to others because we're so constantly trying to numb and dull ourselves. And I was really drawn to your work, Juliana, because, you know, I, I'm a comfort eater and that's one of the kind of mechanisms that I use to dull th- this sense because I, you know, I just didn't know how to connect to others and inside of myself. So um, when you start to take those layers off energetically by looking at your childhood and learning how to connect intimately to someone from that deeper level, um, ironically, it acts as a really beautiful crystal clean mirror. That's the, that's the mirror we (laughs) do want. Cause then we can see, Hey, this, this person is seeing me. And sometimes we're not uh, sometimes I'm flawed. Sometimes I do really well. Um, and this other person is is recognizing that and still loving me unconditionally that's when we can really grow and step into ourselves so we can do it on our own and there is so much work to be done when we're single Um, and then as we go into relationship there is more work to be done because that's often when more beliefs come up so um, there's only one way to work with me I have a group coaching program called love by design uh, and it is a groundbreaking program that will take uh, my clients takes them about two to three months to work through Um, but there is weekly coaching support actually now twice weekly with me um, because it's a process of as you as you no doubt know too you learn something um, but you only learn it in your mind then you need to go out and practice it and you need to come back and and connect back in with the community, with the coach, say, hey, this worked, this didn't work, and then go through the process again. So it's kind of like a uh, cyclical learning process, which is why um, the group coaching program is a lifetime program. Once you're in it, you're in it for life until we get to we get you to where you want to be in a secure, healthy, unconditionally loving relationship that you only ever dreamt of. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds amazing. I love the name as well. It's beautiful. And are you on social (laughs) media? What are the best ways for people to find more? I'll put the the links as well in the show notes. But if somebody wants to jump right away, uh, what are the best places for them? Yeah, the quickest way to get some uh, training from me for free is just to jump to my Instagram profile. I'm Conscious Love Coach. That's my handle. I'm also on Facebook um, under my name as well. I have a free Facebook group in there too called Love by Design that you can join in at. 
That's wonderful. Oh, that's amazing. So I'll make sure to put everything down below so that it's easy to click on and uh, for people to find you. Thanks so much, Amy, for your time. This was such a beautiful conversation and so complimentary. Like the whole concept of weight release that I talk about has a lot to do with letting go even on an energetic way of everything holding us down. And um, I love to think of like in my mind, I see like this pie with like five different pieces and one is the physicality, one is relationship and one is, you know, career vocation and all those pieces. And we all have one or a few of those pieces of that pie that sometimes needs a little bit more loving. Right. And if your relationship mm -hmm. is one of them, I think the work you do is mm -hmm. so impactful and so beautiful for women. Um, so thank mm. you for what you do. And I'm very grateful for your time today. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been so lovely to chat and meet your audience. And uh, thank you for listening today. And it's just amazing how our work is complimentary. Yeah. I have to say very quickly that as I did this work, I found myself eating less. You know, how is it that when I improve my relationships, I improve my relationship oh, with food as well? It's all <laughs> the same thing. It's all <laughs> so the thank whole you. alignment thing, right, that you talk about. And yeah. it, totally, <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> thank you. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.